When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and this is the H&J Daily Podcast with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, this afternoon, me and Andy obviously reflected on the Spurs-Chelsea game. He was in a slightly better mood than me, as you can appreciate. Sam Peters joined us, journalist and a concussion expert. Concussion subs uh, will be in football in the Premier League this weekend for the first time ever. Sam explained how it's all going to work. Martin Kellner looked at a week of uh, sport on TV and some of his favourite documentary series he's been taking in. And Mike Ward talked a bit of Brighton and looked at the non-sporting TV. And there's so much sport, but if you do fancy a break... Hopefully, Mike uh, marked your card. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. One of us was going to have a moan today, weren't we? Yes. Well, <laughs> sure, I congratulate you, yeah, on, that, you. on that victory. I, would, I mean, it, it, maybe it should have been a bit more comfortable. You shouldn't have been sitting there on the edge of your seat with, and what, thinking that Vinicius header should go in because, you know, you were you were a bit profligate at times. You know, good opportunities wasted, and you oh, could have been. I wonder two, who. I wonder who that was. You could have been three 0 up. Your best defender, Werner. Yeah. He, I decided last night, his pace and movement, that's what I've won him the penalty, he's world class. But his touch is basically Sunday league. I mean, every time the ball went to him, it, it just broke down. Every good move yeah. broke down. It, ugh, I mean, me. I, or, my, my book just says Werner, laughable, Werner, Werner, Werner. This, I, I mean, he, well, he, he, if you want to talk laughable. He played all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, go on then. Well, I, ju- I, I mean, I've said it, I, I said it last Friday, I said it on Monday, and you just get sick of repeating yourself just when you yeah, think yeah. it can't get any worse. It gets worse. One of the other, I mean, also the, blaming the referee. I mean, really. Mm. I mean, I blame Eric Dyer for playing a, like a, you know, as Alan said this morning, it was playground stuff, you know, kicking away while you're lying on the ground, hoping no one's going to go over your leg. It was ridiculous. Um, I, I, one of the products, I think, of there being no crowd there is that the chairman probably doesn't know the full extent uh, of of the bad feeling at the moment because I take it he doesn't spend much time on social media. Mm. I'd advise him not to at the moment, by the way. <laughs> don't do that. Don't, don't, don't pick it up now. Don't get a Twitter account, Daniel. Not a good time. But um, Jose would have turned on the crowd by now because the, the guys behind the dugout would be telling him what they think. And he, by now, he couldn't resist it. He'd be, he'd be digging out the fans in press conferences. He'd be turning around with the three fingers, shouting respect. And it would have got far more toxic. As it stands, I don't think that the chairman can see 
the strength of feeling. But, I mean, that was a... I mean, it, honestly, pitiful. The first half is one of the worst first half I've seen by Tottenham. And, you know, I have been going since 1968, which is quite shocking. <laughs> and it's also gotten... A lot of people have been saying it's all about Tadere's to do and the Tottenham way. It's not about the Tottenham way. If, if you're used to watching bad football and you were served up that, that would be on another level. I mean, he's making Tony Pulis look like Rhinus Michaels. I mean, it, honestly... <laughs> It's it's just it's putrid. I, I don't really get it. I said to you, didn't I, last night? I don't understand it because whenever Spurs go on the front foot, they look a much better team. It's the way they played under Poch. It's what they're set up to do. And the second half, they were far far yeah. better than they were in the first half. And the same in the cup game where Chelsea dominated until suddenly Spurs decided, no, no, we're going to take Chelsea on. I don't get it. They, the players obviously prefer to play like that. You know, with passion and energy and pressing, and I don't want to sit, obviously don't want to sit back. But when he moans and says, you know, oh, it was the wrong sort of penalty to give, well, it's still a penalty, it doesn't matter what yeah. sort of penalty it was. Should, honestly, for a guy of his experience who tells us how much he's won in the game, quite rightly, he should be ashamed to send a team out onto the field under his control seconds after they've left his dressing room and he's sent them off telling them what to do. Should be ashamed that they put that performance in for the it wasn't a lot better in the second half. They ran around a bit more but beyond that they didn't create anything always the last five minutes the old KB scramble in the last five minutes where they might nick one but the margins are so tight then you know you've got to you've got to be lucky yeah Vinicius should have scored but it was about the only chance he really had in the game and I listening to the guys on BT last night uh, and that feeling Steve Sidwell saying Tottenham fans will be placated if they win a league cup with Tottenham finished 12th and win a league cup which is quite possible at the moment, um, if they mm. turn it on, if they get a bit spawny against City. But that's not a good season. I mean, I, I wouldn't... I mean, basically, the League Cup is Manchester City's hors d'oeuvre, isn't it? It's, it's, it's what yeah, they no, get... No, it it's, their, it's their petty fours. That's what they get... <laughs> I mean, it's because it, people just think, turn around and I think say, "Petty fours come off." Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm ranting now. <laughs> sorry yeah. to be. No, it's their, sorry um, to be. It's, I meant to say they're amused. Bush. I was, I was, I, I was, I was going French. I just got the other end of the meal. Uh, I can't wait for it. I can't wait for this particular meal to end. But no, to, uh, and also get used to life without Harry Kane, Spurs. I think we're going to have to, aren't we? Because he must be looking at that, thinking, "Oh dear, really?" If he yeah. finishes 12th and wins a, le- a League Cup winner's medal, is he? going to think well this is me for life can I sign a new five year contract it, I mean, it, is, it is, is absolutely shambolic and I have no great confidence with West Brom coming at the weekend West, West Brom will be organised uh, and they will be looking to get a result there's so much riding on it um, and all the things that Tottenham aren't at the moment so I, I, I do you just, see the Zoom fans despair. have gone the Zoom yeah. fans have gone from this. Yeah, that's well, they'd be, giving, they'd be giving Jose the old Nescafe handshake, that's why, <laughs> yeah, they, which doesn't really look good would. on the big screens, does it? But um, it, it is awful, and, and they're so lucky there's no fans there. A, the players, I mean, it might actually help them. I think the players would get on the front foot because they'd sense that in the stadium. But I think once the chairman realises that maybe there's 35,000 people rattling around there, because, mm. I mean, for example, if, if I was going to games at the moment, I'd be thinking, do I really want to go on Sunday? Can I be bothered? If it's going to be snowing, it's going to be pouring with rain. Do I want to sit in the stadium and watch that? I mean, is that because it's supposed to be entertainment, but no, uh, not at the moment. Anyway, um, you should you should be happy because it was a. Uh, I mean, it was a. You know, as I said, you no, could have been three or four I mean, nil. 
Well, how do the same players? I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's all about new. All right, I think this guy knows what he's doing and he's changed the system slightly, but the players are so much more enthusiastic. They're working so much harder. It's really old footballers are yeah. on, aren't they? If they don't like the manager, if they don't believe in what they're being. Well, we're all up for a bit of new do. manager uplift. <laughs> yeah, probably right. Actually. Max, he's a devil. Max rushed and he's saying, "Give it Musa Saeed to the end of the season." He's, uh, <laughs> I think it was me being daft yesterday saying, "Give it to Ledley to the end of the season." He was so competitive yesterday on that. Oh, he is. Uh, he, I, I've, I've never seen such a game face. He was in a. He was yeah, almost. Really? He was in a trance-like state with a birthday spread. <laughs> a very competitive boy, clearly. But he clearly has missed the whole point of the thing, which is my <laughs> terrible jokes. No, I think he'll tune he didn't in even next listen. week. Didn't he, even listen. He'll tune and in Jeff next Peters week. with his sound effects. Anything worse than comedy sound effects, if you're honest. <clears throat> well. That'll have to go as well. But uh, we can't be doing <laughs> with that. Bit of on-air The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, a couple of things uh, to get you going on. Um, it is true. Mm. All-Star Sumo uh, apparently has been pitched to Channel 4. Yes. And they put a heavy pencil through it. They seem very interested. <laughs> uh, it's not going to happen in Japan. Apparently it's going to take this. I mean, it actually was, uh, wasn't it? Uh, it was one of the ideas that Alan Partridge came up with all those years ago. It's going to be taking part in a specially made uh, camp in Yorkshire which screams sumo to me and all the great traditions of it. I don't know about <laughs> oh, you. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, very much so, yeah. yeah and uh, a, a group of uh, celebrities will be transformed into sumo wrestlers. They'll eat high-calorie... They're not going to wear fat suits. It's not like comedy sumo. They're going to oh, really? eat high-calorie diets and they'll go through strict daily routines, including training, like uh, building lower body strength. Um, so, Great opportunity for some of the people from the chase. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I, I was going to say we don't just want fat gags, everybody. We want some proper celebrity matchups. We want. We're going to look at the tail of the tape. So, who would you like to see go head to head in celebrity sumo? Apparently, there are going to be women in it. I mean, it's not the great tradition of that, of course, uh, in uh, in Japan. So um, there will be women involved. So let's have some celebrity matchups for uh, All Star Sumo coming to a TV near you soon. And I was chatting to Bob uh, just before we came on here, Bob Mills, and he made that point that what the apprentices in the world of sumo, one of their very very early jobs is a kind of ceremonial wiping of the backside of the established. Really? Um, sumo wrestlers. Yeah, that I is one that. of these ceremonial things they're expected to do I, 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 so I mean I, I can see a lot I think that could that could be I've a deal breaker for the one. agent well they want you to do all star sumo it's 80 grand but you will need to wipe someone's bum hello hello but yeah so anyway, I don't know for 80 grand yeah. I mean <laughs> make it 90 I'll do it <clears throat> so anyway um, Jeff Hurst uh, said today first time in his life yesterday uh, he got stuck in a lift Never happened to him before. Yeah. He said, took lockdown to extremes yesterday, got stuck in the lift, first time ever, and I've been in a few lifts in my time. Who hasn't? <laughs> well, who hasn't? <laughs> when the lift company called my wife to let her know I was safe, she, was she concerned? No, she laughed and asked if they could leave me there. Was he his says. foot over the line <laughs> where well, the door closed? I do wonder know, whoever was in that lift with him just stopped it and said, you're not leaving here until I know whether it was over the line or not. I need to know. So uh, the stars, whether you've necessarily been stuck in a lift with them uh, or indeed shared a lift with them, you've got your Ricky Ponting story. Haven't you, Andy? In, in India, where you, you got in a lift oh, with yes. Ricky Ponting. and uh, He was he didn't in a bad mood. He didn't give you a lot, did he? 
Didn't give you a no, lot. No. No, he was in a very bad mood for some reason. And okay. uh, well, he's Ricky Ponting. To be... <laughs> That's well, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I didn't mention Gary Pratt or anything like that. Yeah. I don't know why he got so angry with me, <laughs> but there you go. So anyway, let yeah. us know, uh, in a lift with the stars, because you are kind of duty-bound to start a bit of small talk, aren't you? Yes. So yeah. uh, if, you got in, if you indulge in that and it got a bit eggy, do let us know. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Maybe Ricky Ponting heard about Andy's encounter with Gary Player and was worried he might try and shake his hand, says Andy. <laughs> It's very true. That story came up yesterday when we spoke to Danny Kelly about the <laughs> Gary Player My Sporting Life. Um, dirty Andy. <laughs> um, um, Christopher Biggins versus Ray Winston. Celebrity sumo matchup from Chris. Quite a nice idea. Uh, the Moose versus Big Allen, says Dave in Manchester. I think oh, we'd all yeah. like to see that. Sharing that lifts with good. the stars. I once shared a busy hotel lift with the Birmingham City players, including Kevin Phillips. I'd had a few beers and ended up stumbling slightly and treading on his foot. Everyone held their breath for a few moments, but luckily the next floor was mine. He played the following day's game, so there couldn't have been any long-lasting damage, says Richard <laughs> the Ipswich. Imagine that, putting Kevin Phillips out for a couple of weeks <laughs> with a metatarsal. Anyway, keep those coming. Jeff Hurst got caught in a lift for the first time in his life yesterday. He was telling us on social media. So, encounters with the stars in lift, if you were stuck in them, even better, or odd lift lineups, whether you had a chat or not, as uh, we heard of one earlier on, was uh, Chelsea fan Spencer, Wolf from uh, Gladiator, and uh, who was the other one? I've, I've forgotten already. It's not going particularly well, is it? Wolf from Gladiator, uh, Melvin Bragg. Melvin Bragg. What yeah, was that conversation right. like if they'd been stuck there for three hours? <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From tomorrow, uh, kicking off course with our commentary game, Aston Villa versus Arsenal, there'll be concussion subs in the Premier League. We'll also see them yeah. in the FA Cup uh, midweek as well. Uh, it's a bit of controversy around the way it's been adopted by IFAB, the football's rule makers. But uh, before we move on to that, we'll look at how it's going to work. It involves green and white cards being handed to fourth officials from uh, members of club staff. Sam Peters joins us, um, who's a journalist and a man who's uh, an expert in this field. Good afternoon, Sam. Afternoon, guys. How are you doing? Good, thank you. So, let's, so before we look at the, the, the people that think it should be different, let's kind of look at the way it is going to work. These are going to be permanent concussion subs, aren't they? Yeah, they are, yeah. Um, as you mentioned, the card system that will be in place. But, um, essentially, yeah, the, once a, if a player is suspected of having a concussion or, or the doctors on the field see that they believe that they're seeing signs of a possible concussion, then they're removed permanently from the field of play. And um, uh, a green and white card system implemented to, to, to that effect. And each team will be allowed two concussion substitutes, no more than that. Um, and when one team, if one team does take a player off with concussion, then the opposition team will be able to make a, a substitution at the same time um, to avoid any sort of suggestion or allegation that one team's getting an unfair advantage in any way. But, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting development, obviously. Sorry, Sam, do they, so do they have to make that substitution at the same time? Do they have to make that decision? Um, or or are they basically, are they given a card that they can use later on in the game or do they have to make it at that point as soon as the concussion substitution is made? I think you're right in saying it can be made at, at any point from right. that point. But, okay. um, yeah, it's, it enables the, the team that option to have a, an additional substitute, essentially. 
It, it, it seems, Sam, quite controversial that the, the clubs, have, the doctors have got up to 10 minutes to decide if a player should be replaced. And we all know the pressure on a star player if he's off the field and the, the, other, and the team are down to 10 men. I just wonder why they didn't bring in temporary uh, mm. substitutes. That then a player can be assessed and if he can come back and then he can come back and the sub come off, it would have been much safer. Well, that's what FIFA Pro have been pushing for. And that, that is the controversy, isn't it, Sam? What, what, what's yeah. your take on it? Well, I, I'm, I'm confused as well. I, I don't really understand myself. I mean, the old Premier League have said that they believe that this is the safest way. I mean, um, you have to look, I guess, at rugby, which is the sport that's um, moved before the other ones on this issue because many people would argue it's a, got a much or a more significant problem. But, but in rugby, you're allowed to uh, essentially take the player off for a 10-minute assessment off, off the pitch. It's a head injury assessment, it's called now. Um, and they're given that breathing space off the field, away from the sort of glare that doctors, it takes the pressure off the doctors because they can make decisions away from the glare of the, the sort of, you know, the live audience as such, um, whether that be on TV or, or in the actual crowd in, in the days where you've allowed crowds, of course. But, um, yeah, it feels it feels strange to me, I, I, you know, why they wouldn't just implement something similar in rugby it seems to have worked fairly effectively there, but, um, you know, that's the decision they've made. Uh, I was wondering if it was a fear of skullduggery with temporary replacements. So a player gets, um, has a concussion issue, they go off to be assessed temporarily. You put someone on who scores two goals in that 10 minutes and you think, well, yeah, it definitely was concussion. He can't come <laughs> back on now. That right back he was having a mare. I mean, yeah. you know, you hate to be cynical, but there, there has been a lot of talk about the way that this could be manipulated yeah, and I'm sorry to say, like those of us who followed concussion story in sport for, for quite a long time, going more well over a decade now. You know, we talk about Groundhog Day, and this is exactly the sort of pickle that rugby got itself in um, early on in the discussion around concussion um, and, and whether they were going to implement substitutes. You know, a number of the uh, listeners will be, remember a scenario which was termed Bloodgate back mm, in the day, and, yeah. and that, that that was when. Um, teams were using blood capsules to essentially cheat the blood substitution rules and, and bring on players and uh, you know rugby spent ages toing and froing and worrying about whether there was going to be some sort of manipulation of the rules rather than actually look at the best policy and best practice for the players in order to implement the player welfare initiative and I've got to say you know looking at this it, it smacks of the same thing it seems like there's as much time being talked about whether the the, the actual uh, substitutions could be cheated or manipulated or whether opposition managers or coaches would find ways around it rather than go, what's the best, what's in the best interest of the players? And then we'll work backwards from there and make sure it can be enforced and policed properly. And if teams try and cheat it, then they're properly, um, uh, they're, they're, they're punished appropriately. Yeah. But uh, it seems to be a bit back to front, I must admit. Yeah, certainly, finally, Sam, at the core of this, this is good, isn't it? It's been a long time coming, and it, it, it's important, as we saw with Raul Jimenez recently, and he's not the only one, just how dangerous this can be. And, you know, it, it, it's about time this was in place in football. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, a big, big picture, it's a step forward, definitely. You know, I think, again, we can argue, and many of us have for a very, very long time, it's, it's taken an extraordinary amount of time to get here. Um, but there, it's a step in the right direction. There's no doubt about it. And um, football is, is, is more aware of the issue. More people in football are aware of the issue. 
the people who've always been aware of the issue but were just ignored for a long time are being listened to more than they have been. Um, and there is progress being made, and that's that's undeniable. And all the people involved should be applauded for that. Um, you know, as I say, there's there's just these concerns that that they're making some of the same same mistakes that that other sports have. And you know, let's just put the players' welfare first. Make sure that we have fewer people in the future with dementia relating to head injuries, and and that's got to be a good thing for everyone. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. My dad, Huey Hamilton, a former Hartlepool United winger, was in Geneva uh, in the airport and got stuck in a lift with uh, Sir Jackie Stewart. Uh, he realised who it was, but said nothing. Five minutes goes by in silence until the lift moves and Jackie gets out. Then my dad, for some reason, shouts, all right, Jackie! The great man just <laughs> stared at him in his tam Five minutes, they could have had a chat about F1 or whatever else. <laughs> what, what lift ride is five minutes? Why no, no, they, they were stuck? stuck in the lift. It had stopped. Oh, it stuck it, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they could be uh, that building in Chicago. Could have been Sears Tower, whatever they call it these days. Um, this comes from Nolan, said, um, my friend, myself, my friend Will was stuck in a lift uh, at the Oval with Phil Tufnell, Piers Morgan and Shane Warne. While uh, F- F- Phil and Piers were surprisingly chatty and pleasant, Shane spent the whole time in the corner facing the wall like a schoolboy who'd been told off. <laughs> Says uh, no. Yeah, it's a bit Very weird. Strange. Um, Very odd indeed. Yes, anything. Andy, have you got anything for us? Yes, and Nigel Pearson, I, I call this issuing a come and get me plea to Strictly. He says, uh, "Oh, this is Nigel, the not not the yeah. Speedway and uh, darts and football commentator, the former Leicester no. manager, 
Football hard man, as they football hard him man, in this yeah, yeah. Daily Star today. Mm. Nigel Pearson took part in ballroom dancing as a child. Nice, but feared being mocked. I mean, if you're a producer and strictly that's the thing you oh, live for, isn't it? Definitely, a little that. story like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nigel's definitely that's a come and get me plea for me. Imagine Nigel and, though with uh, one of the judges. You know what he can be like when he gets in one of those moods. <laughs> you can say old Craig having a go at him, and he yeah, could, yeah. he could be doing yeah. all that stuff, couldn't he? That, some of his he infamous rants. He can turn. So I think I think we'd all love to see that that would be good and uh, this is a mad story a bloke called Sahil Aurora he won five grand after Brighton beat Spurs last Sunday yeah Manchester United fan and he decided to basically place an ad in the Enfield Independent the mm. local paper at the club's training ground taking out an ad featuring a message of thanks to the special one and a cutout and trophy being the only one they might win this year. I thought, blimey, that's a bit harsh, really. And you, you, these people who do this, they've got no idea about karma of supporting a football team. No, that's very true. That, honestly, you see, Manchester United, that'll come well, back it, it, to... It would, have gone to, it would have got to the Tottenham fans, and that part of London's got a lot of Arsenal fans as well, so it would have raised the chuckle there. So he would argue that well, it was money, uh, money well spent. Anyway, uh, Kieran Bracken will be joining us uh, very shortly to uh, talk a bit of uh, rugby ahead of the Six Nations. Uh, just one more of these little lift tales. Get some more coming into us, by the way. I was in a lift with Ivy Tildesley, actress Lynn Perry from Coronation Street. Oh, yeah. I'd had a few sherbets, says Craig, and when she got in the lift, I asked her why she was down in London. She explained she was doing a PA at Stringfellows. Of course, a lad, uh, oh, an on-screen yeah. lad, Chris Quinton, <laughs> used to work there, didn't he? Pride As she Tildesley. left the lift, she gave me a tarachuk. Uh, beautiful. Thank you for that, well, Craig. Yeah, uh, nice. And we've also been asked this afternoon uh, from Roger the Gooner. He says, having converted my missus to your show over the COVID period but you definitely tuned in today Roger the Gooner to listen to this certainly <laughs> yeah, the course. first 15 minutes uh, she's and doing Spencer she's, yeah, she's doing my head in as she wants to know the title of your theme tune at the start of the pro- programme can you help here it is this is the one we play every day that's and funny, we were just talking about the other version, weren't we? We were. It's, it's called Coffee Pot Part One, which is a very odd title for a song, by a bloke called B.O. Junior. And you can yeah. only imagine what B.O. Senior smells like, as we always yeah, say. Yeah, he stunk the place out. Exactly <laughs> did. But there we are, Coffee Pot Part One by B.O. Junior. You might find it on Spotify or Apple Music or something. Why would you be known by your initials? You say, you know, yeah. Brian Orville or something. Brian <laughs> Orville Junior. That would be... <laughs> Who's Brian Orville? That's fantastic. That. Yeah, good old Brian. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Here he is. King of Overnights. Huge in Ho Chi Minh City. Massive. Squad number nine, Martin <laughs> Kellner with a week of sport on TV. Good afternoon, Martin. Yeah, good afternoon, boys. And congratulations, Paul. Um, I know it's on Twitter. You've been dubbed a comedy god. Who I by? T- <laughs> I don't know. One of your listeners oh, says you're a comedy god. Oh, OK. Well, that's uh, high praise yeah. indeed. And not, mm, yeah, yeah, of course not. Mm. Um, I thought you'd say congratulations on the fine performance by your team. I thought I was waiting for that. I wouldn't well, blame my you. team. Brilliant. I oh, mean, I one know. of the sights of the week oh, on TV God. was uh, Jesse like West Ham Club call this show this <laughs> afternoon. Andy, Andy's getting quite bitter, I think. <laughs> Do you know he's got a thing about West Ham? Because they always beat Chelsea, generally, yes, don't they? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. They do. Absolutely. You'll be certainly 
watching um, Celebrity Sumo coming to Channel 4 soon, won't you, Martin? Oh, not half. That's brilliant. That so will definitely be in your week of sport on TV, I'd like to think. It certainly will. It certainly will. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, just talking about sports documentaries, you may remember last week I said we're living through something of a golden age for yeah. sports documentaries. Mm. And the uh, the show that start or the film uh, that started the whole thing is currently on BBC iPlayer. They've brought back uh, Hoop Dreams. Oh, it's very good, yeah. It's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, because it's its 25th anniversary, mm. uh, which it isn't really. It was made in 1994. Um, it's the, you know, the BBC with anniversaries, they just absolutely love them. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's the 25th anniversary at first being shown in the UK, uh, apparently. And for those who are just very briefly, I mean, most people know what Hoop Dreams is all about. It's uh, about two young kids from a sort of deprived area uh, of Chicago. They were picked up by a, a mainly white school, but a, a sort of, well, obviously we know how much sport and education are intertwined in uh, in the States. And they're taken from um, one of Chicago's more deprived areas to, uh, they don't know each other, they're separate stories, these, and they're followed throughout of it. And, it. and it doesn't end well. And like all these stories where um, kids are spotted and maybe going to academies and things like that, or in the States, into uh, high schools, uh, eventually it doesn't end well at all. But I won't, uh, I won't spoil it for people. Um, the two, you know, the, the, I googled it all to see if they were still around and everything. They're hmm. still around, these uh, Yeah these kids but there's been a lot of uh, a lot of sort of deprivation a lot of uh, problems they've had the gas cut off which is all that is in the is in the film and everything mm. um and uh, it's well well worth watching needless to say um and especially at the moment with you know the arguments around black lives matter which still you know still sort of bubble up from time to time um, and I also watched part two. Uh, interesting of watching that, I watched part two of the Tiger Woods documentary, uh, Tiger, uh, where obviously race plays a huge part of that as well. You know, which you obviously, you know, a lot of the time you don't realise. But when you look at the 2010 Masters, whether I mean the, the second part of this Tiger Woods documentary covers what I like to call the the cocktail waitress years. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> he probably doesn't call them that, Martin. No, I'm sure he doesn't. I'm sure he doesn't. Um, but, you know, one of his friends said, no, you never realised this at the time, when he played in the 2010 Masters mm. at uh, Augusta, Billy, Billy Payne, who was the chairman of uh, Augusta, came out and did a little, I'd forgotten this, he gave, gave a little speech about welcoming Tiger back into the fold, if you like. Um, but within the speech, there were various sort of elements that you thought, well, you know, this is Augusta. And you look at the, uh, the history of sort of white privilege at that, in that part of the States and certainly on the golf course at uh, Augusta. Mm. And one of Tiger Woods' uh, friends described um, his welcome back as almost like a public whipping, <laughs> which, of course, a very sort of emotive term, uh, you know, is, in yeah. that part of America. You know, because Billy Payne said, we hope Tiger will see the error of his ways, etc., etc. And, um, yeah, so it was a fascinating show because, like I said, it was the cocktail years, uh, the cocktail waitress years. And uh, those American chat show hosts are absolutely brutal when anybody, you know, the uh, Jay Leno and the... Um, the other guy, Jimmy Fallon. Yes. Brut mm -hmm. Brutal jokes about um, 
uh, about uh, Tiger Woods. My, my favourite actually was a black comedian which who was on doing his bit, obviously from a black perspective, uh, about Tiger Woods. He said uh, 50, because at the time um, the, the mistresses had been counted up and there was 15 of them. And this guy came on and said, 15 women, uh, all white. Uh, he doesn't need marriage guidance, he needs diversity training. <laughs> <laughs> which was a cracking gag. Uh, and very, but, um, yeah, they interviewed all these people. Rachel Uchatel, who was probably the main figure, um, who said, um, Tiger said, when he saw me, he felt he could plug in and get me charged. Um, not a chat-up line I'd use myself, but um, <laughs> there, there was a lot of interesting stuff about Tiger. The way he sort of compartmentalised his um, his life, and he could, you know, separate one bit of it from the other. And obviously, uh, the key thing was uh, was golf. Um, and a lot, a lot of people said to me, people who are far more interested in golf than I am, that they thought it was unkind to Tiger. I would be interested to know what your listeners think because. Mm. I thought it was reasonably fair to Tiger, and there was a certain amount of redemption at the end. You know, when he came back after he'd, he'd been, he, he, you know, there was the scene of him, um, the very sad scene, really, when he was out of it on drugs and things. And we've seen the scene in the police, uh, the police room there. Mm. Um, but when he came back and played golf again after that, just playing with his friends after a bit of time off, you thought, well, he sort of rediscovered himself. And obviously he has since then and, you know, got over the in injury problems and all that. So I thought it wasn't madly, it wasn't particularly unkind towards uh, Tiger, in my view. Okay. But it, it is, it would be interesting to hear other people's. But my, my son, who does a, a golf podcast for one of the well-known high street bookmakers, was saying that he and a lot of people, People that he knows who are you know terribly into golf thought it wasn't uh, kind on uh, Tiger. Okay, interesting. Um, his, his win yeah. at the Masters last year was one of the ultimate sporting redemptions. And, and yeah. I find him a bit, in a way, he's a bit like Jose. That you know that when when he smiles and when he's charming, he, he's wonderful. But he yeah. can be really off and really surly he and can. angry. And Mourinho's the same. When he smiles, he can charm anybody. He can charm a room. And other times, he, he just isn't completely the opposite of that. So mm. I suppose it's, uh, it's the genius thing, I suppose. Uh, it is, yeah. And uh, talking of geniuses and uh, not being full of charm at all times, uh, I watched the Lance documentary, which is also part two of the Lance Armstrong documentary, um, who had a great quote about his, uh, about his book. They were asking him about his uh, autobiography. And he said, everything in the book is true, apart from the bit about doping. I think, well, that's pretty key actually yeah. it's like, yeah. it's quite, like it's the crux so, really of the whole thing isn't it it is it's like saying bobby charlton saying everything is true apart from the stuff about football yeah everything yeah. else it's true yeah. absolutely yeah. true yeah. which was weird um they I, I don't know how much time you've got but they they covered a, a fair amount of uh, i know you'll be busy aren't you today with the uh uh, you know, with the uh, Super Bowl, mm. we got that. a we got a couple of minutes, Martin. So you couple of minutes. Yes, let me tell you about Floyd Landis. Minute Floyd and Landis a half. The one. producer says. <laughs> Minute and a half. Right. We interviewed Floyd Landis, <laughs> didn't we? 
Uh, did you? No, we didn't. No, no we he interviewed was one of Tyler. Yeah, interviewed. He was one of the others. Yeah, they had yeah, interviews yeah. on this Landsberg yeah. with most of those teammates. Um, but I thought you might be interested to know that Floyd Landis uh, lives in Leadville, uh, Colorado. Leadville. Uh, Led- Leadville, yeah. Colorado. What does that sound like? It's um, like a made-up name, you, isn't it? Really. No, well, you get the shot of it. Hmm. He, he runs a saloon there now in Leadville, Colorado, which is Leadville's li- legendary Wild West saloon. And on the side of it is painted, on the side of the saloon is painted, the best Wild West saloon in uh, America. Um, he, <laughs> I don't know what goes on in a Wild West saloon, but I suppose they slide the, you know, it's two fingers of red eye and all that, isn't it? <laughs> um, but here's James Finlayson he, behind the bar, of course. Like yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. There's one for the teenagers. Um, Look yes, him up, kids. Uh, Ask your great-great-granddad. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. Floyd Landis is probably Lance's uh, premier uh, enemy that they um, they interview. Although a lot of people aren't that close friends with him these days. Um, Floyd Landis's quote was, Lance is very good at lying, better than he is at telling the truth. And um, there's uh, lots of compliment, stuff. Really. <laughs> no, no, he's very good at lying. But we, we have, you know, Emma O'Reilly, Betsy Andrew, a mm. lot of the people who've been, uh, you know, obviously spoke to David Sawn Walsh. Off by yeah. him, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, David yeah. Walsh. David Walsh was on the program as well. Yeah, um, well worth watching. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's highly entertaining for the incidental detail. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is a nice one from uh, Danny in West Sussex. He said, "I was a minder for a Shrek mascot." at a Shrek film premiere in uh, Leicester Square. As we travelled to the ground floor to reach the green carpet um, in a very, very small lift, it stopped en route. The doors opened to reveal none other than the voice of Shrek, Mike Myers. I was then, for the next few seconds, squeezed in the lift with the Shrek mascot, Mike, uh, me as the meat in the sandwich. Trying to fill the inevitable silence, I could only find the sentence to say to Mike, guess you two know each other? To which he replied, <laughs> yep, conversation yeah. over, cringe, oh, nice. says uh, yeah. Danny. Nice one here from Adam. He says, I was stuck in a lift with Klaus-Jan Huntelaar and didn't know how to break the ice. <laughs> I ended up inviting him to play for Villa. And he said in a fairly dry way, my friend Ron Vlaar plays there. Conversation killed, says uh, Adam. <laughs> uh, another one here of uh, a lift engineer for many years, Mick. And he, he's got a tale of not just meeting Sven, but uh, also at the Chelsea Harbour Hotel when he was fixing that Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank um, tripping over as he walked into the uh, lift. I've seen him go down easily in a 3-2 win <laughs> at the lane when he got a penalty when he fell over his own feet, which I haven't quite forgiven him for. I remember that one. Yeah, that was incredible, wasn't it? That was the days before VAR. It's like Norman Wisdom, and he got a penalty, and he won 3-2. Um, and just one quick one. This is a good one. Uh, Alistair says, I'm a former journalist and once went to interview Jeremy Beadle, game for a laugh fame in his flat after the interview the lift to the ground floor stopped between floors and I immediately thought he'd set me up and there were cameras in there that was until the firefighters arrived he said the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast I think we've kind of got used to programme ideas uh, taking it even further than Alan Partridge did when he sat opposite Tony Hay as the BBC commissioning edit and started pitching ideas now you, you it's, an, it's a fantastic it's a, a, a comedy legend of course um, you may remember this idea he pitched inner city sumo what's that <laughs> we take fat people from the inner cities put them in big nappies and then uh, get them to throw each other out of a circle that we draw with chalk on the ground no it's a bad idea very cheap to make <laughs> do it in a pub car park no, no. <laughs> if you don't do it sky work well, I'll live with that 
Now, of course, that would have led to celebrity inner city sumo had they ever got made because that's how TV <laughs> works. So they've taken the inner city side out of it, but apparently all-star sumo is coming to Channel 4, according to the papers today. Uh, we wonder what our man on the, the non-sporting telly, Mike Ward, makes of that. Good afternoon, Mike. I've got my entry in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it seems incredible and unlikely, but they're gonna, they say they're going to take... They're going to use all the great traditions of sumo, which oh. means they're making it in Yorkshire. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's not going to be people in fat suits. It will be a group of celebrities who are transformed into sumo wrestlers, eating high-calorie diets, it, going through strict daily oh. routines including training and building their lower body strength apparently Mrs Ward is going to love that because <laughs> <laughs> you know it's hard enough getting to watch the Mars singer but uh, <laughs> she doesn't seem to understand this is this is this is um, you know this glorious stuff it makes my job so easy yeah it I doesn't mean, sound healthy though you know the no. fact that you've got to put yeah. you take an already person who's already quite overweight mm. they say no you've got to be more overweight well the life expectancy uh, the life expectancy of, of sumo wrestlers isn't I mean you don't want to really put them and also it's the kind of great tradition it's almost a sort of semi-religious experience yeah. the idea of it being sort of stuck on the telly for everybody's entertainment <laughs> so it does yeah. uh, it does sort of fly in the f- and, and uh, say Bob Mills was reminding us earlier on one of the one of the jobs uh, he was telling me of the young apprentice sumo wrestlers in a kind of ceremonial thing when you're at the very bottom of the rung mm. is is to wipe the backside at some point oh. um, uh, of one of the of one of the top guys which I mean so you know if that phone call goes into a you know, <laughs> Ryla wouldn't do Clean, it now. Kleenex will be happy though. Yeah. Be. <laughs> they could be the sponsor. But that call yeah. goes in. Yeah. You know, it's 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 eighty grand, but you've got to wipe someone's backside. I mean, then make it eighty-five, and I'll do it. Yeah. I mean, it. it but we, we'll all watch it, Mike. Won't we, we? Will, we'll, we'll watch, watch the first it. one. Series link. That's a that's a series link. <laughs> and ultimately, you know, uh, where's David uh, Tony Haynes now? You know, he was yeah. sat, he was sat there dismissing all these ideas, and you know, he yeah. disappeared. And the B, know. they could have all been on the BBC. Um, well, so we'll talk Brighton at the end. Let's let's talk a bit of telly. And um, it's the last in the series of not going out tonight. Yeah. And it's a, a tribute to the late, great Bobby Ball yeah. as well. Plays I mean, Lee's dad, of course. That's right. He played Lee's, Lee's dad, Frank. He's been playing, <clears> I didn't <throat> realise it, since 2009. So 12 wow. years he's, he's done it. And it was, um, obviously the series went out and it was, you know, just playing the, the series out as a tribute. And it's just a nice touch at the end. It's just a couple of minutes, clips of the stuff that he's done and just some of his sort of famous, most memorable scenes done in a fairly nicely understated way, you know, and to our friend, you know, in memory of our friend Bobby, which is which is done. But also you get to see Lee Mack, you know, back in those early episodes because, of course, um, as we've as we said before, not going out has evolved quite a lot. Mm. And without the beard, you know... All right. Yeah. yeah. The, the episode in this series with Bobby Ball was yeah. excellent. It was one of the best. Really good. Yeah, mm. I just think he, he brought something to it, and he sort of he clearly reveled in the role, didn't he? He, he reveled playing in the sort mm. of despicable dad, and you know, and uh, I think they bounced off each other. Yeah. I, I was saying last night. I've never seen a whole death in. I couldn't eat a whole one. I've never seen a whole death in Do paradise. You know what? Bizarrely, yeah, it's a two-parter tonight, and the reason mm. uh, the second of a two-parter tonight. And the reason I mention it is because Ben Miller, who played the lead detective on the island until I think it was 2014, uh, Di Richard Poole got killed off. Uh, he makes a reappearance tonight. I'm stri- it's strictly I'm not allowed to say under what circumstances. Oh. Or I think you know anybody who's watched TV for more than about two years of their life can pretty much figure it out in their head how it's going to happen. But anyway, uh, but Mrs. We watched the first episode. Also. <laughs> Mrs. Well, really well. You don't think? You know, guys, we love Death in Paradise. We We're do, big, do you? Big fans. Well, oh, interestingly think, enough, it's... I hadn't realised that Mrs. Ward is more of a fan than I realised because we watched the first one last night. She said, "Have you got the second episode?" I said, "Well, I've got it, but it's on the pre." 
radio site and I have to sort of hook it up the t- no let's watch it and I'm thinking you're normally asleep by now <laughs> mm. could, you know and she was genuinely hooked <laughs> so, something about it you know I just think it, it comes up at the right time of year when you're yeah. feeling a bit down and the weather's terrible and it's, it's, it's yeah. fun it's an old fashioned it, ultimately yes exactly it's an old fashioned yeah. murder mystery with a, and, and mm. a nice setting really. so um, nine o'clock tonight BBC One yeah. um, not going out five past eight uh, tomorrow night um, a rerun of the um, series with Keely Halls and the Line of Duty, which was a, a very, very good series. That's BBC One Nine O'clock. That's right, yeah, because obviously we've got the whole the, the new series uh, coming to us before too long. Um, mm. Everybody's very excited about that, but they've been playing some of the old ones again. And, and Keely Halls was almost un- I say unrecognisable. It wasn't as obviously Keely Halls, but you know, she yeah. she played a, totally out of character. We're used to seeing her, you know, from the Durrells or from Finding Alice playing a certain type of character. Although she's obviously done other stuff, but this is the most extreme. Uh, sort of dark, um, ambiguous character that I've ever seen her play, and it's re- it's a really, really mm. good series. And you, you you are as with Light of Duty always, you're kind of guessing all the way through, and then sort of you know being led down all sorts of uh, cul-de-sacs plot-wise. But it, it's brilliant. So if you haven't seen it, and people who are catching up, it's a, it's a great series. Yeah, BBC One, nine pm tomorrow night. Masked Singer before that. I know you're a big fan. It was big last week. Lenny Henry and Morton Harkett together at last. Unmasked. Yeah, yeah. Yes. double a double unmasking. Matt mm. Lucas joined joins the panel for this uh this next one uh tomorrow night um yeah so it's it's getting tense <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, people love it don't they i've it never does. seen do you want to hazard a guess if someone who's in one of the suits have you worked it out you well, and Mrs. Actually, Ward? I, i'm pretty sure i guessed lenny henry a few nights ago mm. a few weeks ago but you know that i could have just dreamt that you know it's possible <laughs> and uh surprisingly i suppose with the virus and the fact that ice dancing is dangerous people have been dropping out of dancing on ice on on sunday night um, yes, and matt so richardson who yeah. uh, has, has, has stepped in for rufus hound we understand. yeah rufus hound tested positive for coded so he's had to sit it out um and matt, matt richardson i don't know how many people i think there are allowed up to five subs now in one series i don't know how many people they've got on standby but it could be a completely different cast yeah they need the concussion subs don't they <laughs> definitely <laughs> they, need, they definitely need them on dancing on ice <laughs> covid subs concussion subs broken yeah. ankle subs i mean it's a hazardous show at the best of times yeah. apart from all that you know the cold but don't get me started i see that, that sheridan smith who's a brilliantly <clears throat> talented singer and actress <clears throat> is, is presenting another show i don't i mean i'm watching pooch perfect and quite Joint, but I don't think she's the greatest presenter you've ever seen in your life, so I don't know what this is like. Well, this is basically... <laughs> Everyone's a critic. <laughs> well, it's <Yeah>. true. <clears throat> I've just said she's a brilliant singer she and is an a, actress. She's a very good singer. I mean, I think she's just, you know, mm. it's Sheridan Smith and people sort of like her and she can sing really well. That well. sounds like a show in itself. It's Sheridan it's Smith. Sheridan. Mike Ward came up with the idea and I couldn't say no. Um, <laughs> we laughed, we cried, sketches, songs from the shows. I can get that away. I think, Mike, I think there's something there. It's sharing it like the old Silla shows. Anyway, somebody's just written that down to make a few quid and cut me out of it. Um, we've got to give you a few seconds on Brighton, haven't yes. we? Hasn't it going well? Oh, it's, do you know what? I found out, I've got to be 100% honest with you, I didn't watch the Liverpool match. Really? We, 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 I you have little on, faith. I made, I, I, well, I put, I put on Celebrity Best Home Cook. <laughs> Well, I think I think we're all duty bound to leave it there, and uh, you send your season ticket back to Paul Barber. Absolutely, <laughs> we catch up with you next week, Mike. Cheers, guys. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was uh, this afternoon show. Andy's back with me on Monday. We'll pour over all the Premier League games and the Six Nations and the Super Bowl and lots more besides. 
And, of course, Max will be with me Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday with Andy returning on Friday. Until then, have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 